Now, after 54 years, a priceless piece of New Zealand history is set to retire. The Lockheed P3K2 Orion aircraft is on its way to Christchurch, where it will be put on display for the public. To look at, to admire, and here to tell us all about it is the director of the Air Force Museum, Brent, uh, Brett Marshall. Kia ora, Brett. Happy Friday. Kia ora. Uh, happy Friday to you as well. Am I pronouncing this properly? Do we say Orion aircraft? Yeah, it's the uh, P3K2 Orion. That's correct. P3K2 Orion. I feel like, yeah, they're legendary aircrafts, aren't they? Why are they so special? Well, um, I guess it's the length of service. Um, This aircraft and the C-130 Hercules are our two longest-serving pieces of military equipment, uh, bar none. Um, This particular aircraft that we're getting... uh, it uh, was built in, back in 1966 and, and went into service in, back, way back in 1967 until it was um, retired uh, just last year. And to put that kind of in context, uh, back in 1967, Keith Holyoke was our Prime Minister. Um, we were still in decimal, oh, we were just changing to decimal currency. Um, we, and we had one TV station and it was in black and white. So uh, they've really served the country for an incredible length of time and almost tell the story of New Zealand. Of course. So the government made that massive investment into the plane, uh, and then it did the plane sort of it was flying governments, or so what sort of work did it do? Well, it had a, a number of roles. The main uh, roles for the Orion was um, it's an overwater aircraft. So uh, patrolling our exclusive economic zone, and obviously um, our, our fishing industry, to make sure that. Um, uh, ships weren't uh, poaching and those sorts of things. Also, huge role was the search and rescue since the aircraft, uh, the Orions, um, came into service way back in 1966. Um, they've been on standby two hours' notice to get airborne um, ever since that time in case someone was lost at sea, um, cyclone relief disaster. Um, I guess a good example just recently was the Kaikoura earthquakes where an Orion got airborne so it could take imagery of all of the infrastructure and the roading um, that had been destroyed by the earthquake so the response could be targeted to where it was needed. And it's the same sort of thing it does up in the the islands and um, cyclone disaster relief as well. Mm. Um, Yeah, and also other things internationally, um, anti-piracy operations deployed up there into the the Gulf to assist our international partners with that. Um, Yeah, I'll probably keep going on forever uh, talking about what what it actually does, but yeah, a real hero of the skies. A hero of the skies. I love it. I'm quite intrigued um, to know the design of it as well. Being designed or being built in 1966, does it have any sort of quirky features? Does it still have ashtrays? <laughs> Remember, people used to smoke on aeroplanes. Yeah, it, it does actually it uh, does. have ashtrays. Um, it's had a couple of upgrades uh, since since then. Um, so it's incredibly been modernised inside. But uh, it has things like a, um, a, a urinal down the back. Um, uh, all that, the crews are obviously male and female, so the toilets are, are um, it's suitable for both as well. But one of the legendary things that a lot of those that uh, served on the Orion will talk about, it's galley um, and it's kitchen that it had down the back. Because some of its patrols might be for 10 plus hours. So, uh, yeah, it's important that you are, are well fed and there's lots of legendary stories of how well the crews did eat um, on the Orions. Oh, really? Like, tell me more. <laughs> like, uh, do you mean they'd prepare, you know, wonderful New Zealand beef or something like that? 
Yeah, well, the, the, I guess the flight rations to ensure the crews are sustained. So it wasn't just your um, pop in the microwave uh, scenario. Um, cassava then, chips. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, you wouldn't get your cassava chips um, or just your uh, what your, um, your your cookie. Um, there was a lot more choice back then, and um, I think the you know legendary um, some of that. But I think I don't want to detract though from the important role that the aircraft actually played. I think one of the things is the um, the probably the hundreds, if not thousands, of lives. That that they, uh, these aircraft saved during their during their time um, in, in February this year before the final fleet was saved. They, um, you know, I found three Kiribati fishermen um, in a wee tinny, and had it not been for those aircraft, those uh, those uh, fishermen probably would have been lost. And that's a story of this, I guess, the amazing story that this aircraft can tell. Because um, we had six of six Orions, and this is the one we're getting. Um, we'll tell the story of all of them, which is fantastic. And so, when you receive this retired plane. Will you get all its notes and everything? So you'll know every single exhibition it's expedition it's been on. Yeah, and we're actually doing a lot of research um, on that already. That's already begun. This uh, particular plane we're getting, for example, has got uh, 27,000 flying hours over 54 years. Um, it was the first uh, P3 Orion to land in Antarctica, um, as, as an example. Mm-hmm. And we'll be continuing to uh, tell its story of this aircraft, but also the story of the entire fleet, which are, which is quite remarkable. Oh, crazy. It's a huge aircraft. I read somewhere it was 36 metres long and, you know, a 20 metre wingspan. So how do you transport something like this down to Christchurch? Well, it's been it's been dismantled up in in Woodburn and uh, our airport space up there, which is also with Blenheim Airport, because um, that's where all the infrastructure is and the tooling to take it apart. It's then going to be on a convoy, I believe, of five large trucks. The largest one will be the fuselage, which um, yes, is uh, 30, 36 metres long, um, and that will be uh, coming down in early September um, over road travelling because it's because of the length of the convoy, mainly at night, um, and then when it arrives at the, the museum, it'll be initially going into storage into one of our hangars out the back. Um, and we're looking at to wanting to get it onto display to the public uh, as soon as we can. However, we currently don't have a building large enough to display it in. So um, that is one thing that uh, myself, the board and the, and the team are working on. Uh, we have designed for a new exhibition hall so that we can show it off to the public, which is exactly what we want to do. And also that we'll be looking at the C-130 as well, looking at hopefully being added to that when that retires next year. So uh, big, big work for us ahead, um, but yeah, really exciting work. Wow. it's Yeah, it's such an important piece of New Zealand history and treasure. Um, it's so fantastic you guys will be able to display it for, for generations to come. So the Air Force Museum, have you got uh, Orion aircraft already? Is this, is this like gold for you, acquiring this? Yeah, it is the, the largest uh, aircraft um, that we have ever had. And the next largest would be the Bristol Freighter um, that we had in the collection and the Andover aircraft. But this one is... Uh, yeah, it dwarfs them. It's, uh, it is the largest aircraft, uh, definitely in our collection that, that we've ever had. Hence the requirement to, to build a building. And the, and the beauty, I guess, of the museum, we uh, we come under the New Zealand Defence Force as a, as a part of the Royal New Zealand Air Force. But we also are a hybrid, so we also have a trust board that looks after us as well. So. Mm. Um, 
for our new exhibition hall. Um, some of the funding will be coming from Defence, but we're also fully aware we're going to have to be doing a large fundraising campaign to uh, get the um, ex- exhibition hall built. Um, and it's something that we're actually really looking forward to because it gives the opportunity for New Zealand companies or the public to actually get involved with this. And being being free and open 364 days of the year, it means any New Zealander, once it's on display, will be able to come in any day of the year for free and be able to see this magnificent aircraft, which we're really excited about. Oh, that is so fantastic. I just received a message actually from Linda Cooper, who's listening in West Harbour, and she said, yeah. my father, LAC, Graham Sanderson, was one of the uh, RNZAF personnel who went to Moffat Air Base in California in 1966 for three months to learn about the aircraft and then bring it back to New Zealand. He sent me a Barbie doll for my seventh birthday and there was none in New Zealand back then. Oh, how incredible. So there is so much New Zealand history to this plane that you'll be housing. Yeah, and that's a bit like, that's such a lovely message to get because I think the the stories that this aircraft can tell of uh, obviously the the crew that flew them, all of those that kept them maintained so that they were always ready to go, um, are just endless. And I think the we've seen when we've put it on our uh, on our Facebook page just the engagement that we've had, which is fantastic. I think the main thing for us is really focusing on getting our new exhibition hall built so that we can get it on display to the public as soon as possible yes. because we're we're excited to have it, but. The main thing is we are here to share um, our military aviation journey with uh, with New Zealand and the world. So getting it on display is, is very much a priority for us. Yes, I bet. Um, well, the plane certainly earned its retirement after 54 years. Yeah. Brent, thank you so much for chatting with us and uh, reviving lots of memories that are coming into the studio now. Um, take care and let us know how we can help to get that building made, that building oh, built. <laughs> will do. Thank you so much for your time, Charlotte. And uh, yeah, have a have a great weekend. Awesome. Take care. Uh, That is Brett Marshall. He's the director at the Air Force Museum in Wigram in Christchurch.